This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Famous creative partnerships exist throughout history. Lennon and McCartney, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, Thoreau and Emerson, Madame Curie and her husband Pierre, Sherlock and Watson. We have dozens of modern-day examples as well. Jobs had Wozniak, Ives and Cook. Zuckerberg has Sandberg. Beyonce has Jay-Z. Warren Buffett has Charles Munger. Stephen King has his wife, Tabitha. Penn has Teller. And the list goes on. Hello and welcome to Just Make The Thing, a podcast of people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. I'm your host, Claire Tunty, and today I'm joined again by the wonderful Chanel Luchev, lawyer and yoga teacher. Today we talk about partners in crime, creative partners, and the value that you can find in having people around you who help you, who support you, who have complementary skills, who have the skills that you don't have to make the creative thing that you would like to make. I'll put a link in the show notes to a great article from a website called The Medium, Smart Stories, New Ideas. And that's where that quote at the beginning of the show came from. It's really interesting to delve deeper into this topic. Chanel and I also talk about the value of making other creative things alongside what you're doing. So let's get stuck in, roll up your sleeves, maybe grab a buddy this time and on with the show. Hello, Chanel. Hello, Claire. Hello, or Chabelle, as I accidentally called you on Twitter this week and someone pointed out. I think it was I think it was autocorrect. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. I feel like maybe I should call you Chabelle now. You can if you want to. Or sweet balls, which is what your husband calls you. That's That's probably my favourite one. Sweet balls. Hey, sweet balls. That's delicious. I know. Which by the way, if anyone has listened to the Holy Bumbleine episode, we tried those bumbleinas last night and they were really amazing. They were really good sweet balls. They were delicious. (laughs) We're a little bit dusty today because <laughs> we had your husband's birthday party last yeah, night. Yeah, we had a really fun time. Yeah. With many fancy cocktails. So many fancy things mm. with like fruit and like fancy things. And my husband, James, was on fire with his he, cocktails. He, he hadn't really been, was. He hasn't been drinking for two weeks, two months or something. He's been on a hit fitness thing. And suddenly I'm looking over there and he's got like passion fruit. <laughs> I don't know, mojito slash like some kind of thing that had like a big frill on the top of it. I'm like. Oh God, he loves the cocktail that man. Yeah, no, it's good. It was good. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I think mm. sometimes it's good to let your hair down and just Oh yeah, you need hang to. Out. I think yeah, and I think also a little bit of what is it? Dutch courage as well is kind of a nice thing amongst people that you love. I because I get, I mean it's it's very rare. I mean women probably tend to do it a bit more. Yeah. But Men get very huggy when they yeah, they really do. And not in like a creepy way, but no, with each other sweet. and they just get really like friendly. Yeah, and, they're like, yeah. yay, friends. Yeah. Friends are great. It is, and they say things like, you guys are great. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I, oh, thanks so much. This has just been so wonderful. Like, for instance, my, and I'm not that we're advocating drinking all the time no, or anything, no, everything no, balanced. God. However. Make responsible choices. Yes, people. exactly. But like James, for instance, it becomes this persona that's just really lovely and friendly. Yes, and it can be a little off-putting at first because you it? assume it's sarcastic. No, because he usually talks completely in cynicism and sarcasm and instead, no, I'm glad you said that because he's so sincere. Because that's who he really is in his heart. Yeah, it's really beautiful. <laughs> At one point he's like, I really love cocktails. And I was like, all right, keep it to a minimum, James. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> this is my favorite. I know, I know it's hard to believe that I'm serious because it is. He's basically Chandler Bing from Friends on a regular basis. So it is, it's so funny. I love it so much. Yeah, because it doesn't happen very often because he no. doesn't usually drink very much at all. So it's just really sweet. So we had a really fun time. It was fun. Yeah, exactly. So on that note, you've mm. come over all the way here and I'm really impressed. Oh, That's podcast you. commitment. Mm-hmm. And it is symbolic of what we want to talk about yes. today, which Indeed. is the fact that we, well, you've come to the realization mm. when you're trying to make something creative, it's great to have someone who kind of compliments you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to talk through a little bit what yeah. you mean? So I think it dawned on me when we had the Holy Bombolina episode actually because my friend Cleo and you Claire are like the same person <laughs> just in a different outfit <laughs> and I, I sat there and because you're so you've got these really brilliant creative minds and you've got these incredible ideas and like they're grandiose and in the best possible way like all I'm waiting for is like elephants like the whole the whole <laughs> Prince Ali a barbwire scene from Aladdin yeah oh my god I love that make way yeah and after the podcast you were talking about a particular idea that you had that was sort of in the back of your minds and I could see that you two just kind of bouncing off each other <laughs> getting until, bigger and bigger <laughs> until I was like are they going to start a new country or something? Like, I'm like, what's good? I think we need to put some parameters around this this fantastic supersonic weekend of extravaganza. We were planning sort of like a festival for creative people and women and like all of this stuff. I know, which, by the way, I still haven't emailed her about. So there you go, because this is exactly to the point. Because you got into the car with me and were like, okay, so I just think you need to think about logistics-wise and practical-wise. Can you actually do this and fit this into your life? with all the things that you already do, how are we going to feasibly make this work? And you were sitting there like looking so worried. And I was like, Chanel, don't worry about it. It's just spitballing. I have these conversations with people all the time and nothing ever happens and then some things happen and it's fine. I just really enjoy talking about stuff like that and I get so excited. But then I get excited equally about other things. Yes. Like cupcakes. Yes, yes, the cupcakes. Yes, yes. So before, we'll, so mm-hmm. let's keep talking in a minute about mm-hmm finding your creative buddy because mm-hmm. I think that's really important yeah. but just because I know us and we won't get to it yeah. <laughs> I briefly want to sidetrack into cupcakes and gardening please do because I know we've talked about this before and how like with the pottery thing and you were baking the other day mm. as well that if you're stuck in a creative rut or something then doing something else creative that doesn't have as much kind of emotional weight to it is mm. actually really freeing yeah and yeah, wonderful definitely. and I've learned over the last few years to actually stick with it because 
me baking previously and even guiding previously, I would do one thing once and then suck at it mm. and then, or even be okay at it and then give up and go away and be like, oh, well, it was all right. Okay. I've done that. Yeah. And what the cupcake thing that I made for um, my mother-in-law's 70th birthday, it was the first time I'd actually not only made one batch, but I made four because the first batch I was like, I'm just not that happy with them. Mm -hmm. And so I just baked and I had a couple of goes Mm -hmm. and then the end result was so cool because I actually followed a couple of different recipes to the letter. I didn't do my usual thing, which is like, uh, that's about a cup. Oh, that's about a (laughs) teaspoon. And then when it doesn't quite work, I'm like, why didn't that work? The recipe must be stupid. When in fact, I just didn't follow the instructions. Yeah. And I think with baking, you have to be quite precise. Yeah. Unless you're very good with like cooking science. Yeah. And some people are like one of my friends, an engineer. So she actually, and she loves to cook. So she's like, I know what happens if I add an extra egg. Whereas us mere mortals, I think like if you added a whole bunch of extra baking soda, something terrible would happen. (laughs) Right, exactly. You don't really know. And so, and because you can do that with pasta sauce or something. You can be like, chuck a bit more oregano, chuck a bit more salt or something and kind of balance it out. But baking's not like that. It's a science. Yeah. Anyway, so the cupcakes thing, I I sort of started and then I restarted and Mm -hmm. then I restarted till I had a batch I was happy with. So Mm -hmm. it's the first time I've ever done that. And then I Googled how to do icing and I didn't just kind of like half-ass think about it. Mm. I had the proper piping bags and I made this like really special sort of vanilla buttercream icing with like whipped egg whites. That So it was really stiff. And then I practiced piping on the practice cupcakes that I'd made. So yeah. then when I made the actual ones, I already knew how to do little icing rosettes and it just You're all came so together. Clever. I know. But, and like, they were really fun and quite gorgeous. Mm. But I mean, they're only cupcakes at the end of the day. Mm. But what it sort of taught me or reminded me was that a year ago, before I started this podcast, I would not have done that. Yeah. I would have made one batch and one batch of icing and gone, oh, this will do. And kind of iced them and been like, oh, they're not that great, but they're okay. Or I might have fluked it and they might have been great, but that would have been a fluke. And I would never have remembered what recipe I've used. And, you know, where, and I always usually do that. I either like succeed with something by pure chance because Mm. I've chosen a good recipe or it flops. Mm. And I, it, it could be equally whatever, but it's taught me that kind of planning and repetition, which this all sounds so obvious. I know it sounds really obvious, but planning and repetition eventually equals a better result. Oh, yes. No, absolutely. But I think it's a, it has to be a lived thing, even on that kind yeah. of micro type scale. Because anyone could tell you that and logically it makes sense and rationally it makes sense. But I think unless you go through the process, you don't really quite get it until you no. you have beautiful cupcakes sitting in front of you yeah yeah and I I wonder if it's also about getting older too that you oh god this sounds kind of boring but Mm. I really love a good lawn (laughs) (laughs) you need to expand on that because I'm a bit concerned okay so I have gone down a rabbit hole of gardening as well and our lawn at the moment is a bit patchy Mm -hmm. and I'm annoyed about it anyway Why I love a good lawn Mm -hmm. and the reason now that I see a lawn, I'm like, that's a good lawn is because I've researched into it. I know how hard it is to get a lawn that's like consistently green and cut Uh beautifully and looks great. And it's not by fluke and it's not because they just happen to have, you know, like a better kind of house or a better 
type of soil necessarily or even that they're they're just luckier at life Mm. it's because somebody in that house either they have a gardener or they are good gardeners and they have done a lot of work aerating the roots and planting Mm. the right type of lawn and then watering it consistently over summer Mm. and mowing it regularly and they probably don't have a dog like podcast dog that pees on my lawn (laughs) which is another issue with the nitrate in the soil you know all of these things that contribute to then something being great yeah and I think when you're younger you sort of just think that you should just have those things. Yeah. And you sort of take for granted like your parents' house or whatever. Like mm. they have a house, you just take it for granted. You're like, well, yeah, I wouldn't have this house. I'd have a way better house mm. because you don't understand how much work goes into all of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so – definitely. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that's why I said like I really love a good lawn. Or, I, or maybe as we get older we appreciate good food more or wine because we realise – how much energy and time and thought and repetition Mm. of practicing and practicing those cupcakes or years and years of failing at growing your lawn effectively, Mm. forgetting to water it, learning how to care for it. Um, Like over the weekend, I went into Bunnings, which is like the local nursery hardware store. I love that place. You can also get cheap... Sausages in bread. It's very uh, popular in Australia. It's so good. You just like drive past and like this waft of sausage (laughs) barbecue-ness comes out of Bunnings. It's just, it makes me so happy. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. Anyway, at my local Bunnings store, I was there trying, I'm learning how to garden basically. Mm. And and I've done a few experiments with the kids and I'm starting to get better, but only because I failed spectacularly at gardening. And I went there and all of these kind of women in their 60s and 70s were sort of walking around as employees of Bunnings, not mm-hmm. just telling random people what to do. But they obviously they just had so many years of experience. And so I could I just stopped and talked for ages to this woman about lawn care. <laughs> But she had so much wisdom about her lawn and about the type of grass that I had and then the exact type of fertilizer I should use and the tools I should have. And and then also my roses, she gave me great advice about fertilizer. And and I was like, you have to fertilize your garden. Mm. She's like, yeah, you need a fertilizing plan. And I'm like, a plan? A plan. I'm like, whoa, holy. Hold on, lady. What do you mean? (laughs) You don't just mean that like some people have better gardens than others. And she's like, no, some people actually have fertilizer. They fertilize their garden on a regular basis. That's how they have nice flowers. I'm like, bloody hell. Light bulb moment. Light bulb. Mm. But that's the thing. It's this kind of shared knowledge. And yeah, so anyway, that's all I wanted to really sort of say on this topic was just that things don't come easily necessarily. No, definitely not. And, and in fact, Strangely, I think I've come to the same realization about my hair. So I wore, I decided I wanted to start wearing it curly. And I was like, I thought once I stopped straightening it, that everything would just fall into place. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, like with no real education or knowledge about, like I've had my hair the entire time, but I've been straightening it for 10 years. And I did a good job of doing that. And just assumed that once I stopped that I would just have like, salon worthy curly hair yeah and obviously that didn't work out the way that I thought so I have been going down this YouTube rabbit hole of curly girl hair care and there is just this plethora of information and like people with beautiful curly hair 
have crazy routines, similarly to your lawn care <laughs> plan. They have these like very dense and quite complicated hair care routines that gets their hair from what it was to healthy and luxuriously yes. curly yes. and full. It's yeah. not a I woke up like this. I think little kids can kind of they have those beautiful little ringlets mm. because they're everything like everything else, like their hair hasn't been damaged yet. But as adults, you have to put in the work, unfortunately. Like you just do. That's just the way the way. If you want a result that you're satisfied with, mm. you have to put in the work. You do. Mm. You really do. Mm. And that's such a big lesson. Yeah. Because we can often stare at curly haired girls or people with yeah. like amazing whatever. Body, face, makeup, clothes, I don't know, whatever it is, lawns, and and think, oh, I don't have that because I'm not good enough. Yeah. I I don't have that because I wasn't born luckily enough with that hair. Mm. But actually, there's so much more work that goes into behind the scenes. Yeah. And if we could just share our knowledge, like Mm. be open to learning, but also share that information with other people as well. Yes. I think that would the world would be a better place right well that's kind of what as much as the internet gets a real bad rap Mm. that is also something that is incredible like you can Mm. go and youtube curly girl hair and you do get this knowledge from people all around the world oh yeah like you oh it's extraordinary like i didn't even consider what curl pattern my hair was i didn't even really know what a curl hold up what what so you can have different um levels of curl and volume and porosity so how much water your hair holds and um uh, you know your hair can be thin and thick but the actual strand can be thin and thick and then you can have like a curl pattern i am a 2c i found out because i did a quiz online but apparently you can also have different kinds of curl patterns all over your hair so you need to care for those in accordance with the curl pattern and i was like my mind was just blown like i just couldn't even comprehend so hold up so then so as a 2c is do they ask you things like how high your hair is when you wake up in the morning <laughs> which is a thing for you i know that was exactly <laughs> oh god it was yeah it was not looking good i did a lot of yoga last week so like <laughs> hot yoga sweating exercise and just braiding overnight not good but um they like like does your hair look more like they'll show you images does it more like look like this or does it look like this if you were to drop your strand of hair into a glass of water does it float on the top or does it sink to the bottom whoa oh my god what if you feel your hair is it rough on the edges or is it smooth and i was like i don't think i've ever done done no i don't i've never done that yeah i just you can become really like yeah seriously like really obsessive about full-on rabbit hole yeah ridiculous i think we have a new mantra which is like go down the rabbit hole like literally all the way to the bottom where you're putting a strand of your hair in a cup of water and timing how long it takes to go to the bottom exactly but that's what it takes janelle to have the life that we want and the hair that we want so does that mean then they recommend products based on the type of curl gosh it's a real movement yes because it's not just it's not just um like oils and stuff these days there's creams there's gels there's waxes there's um what do they call it a smoothie you can get hair smoothie which is somewhere between a cream and a wax apparently dear lord (laughs) and 
there's yeah there's obviously oils and you get different kinds of conditioners depending on your curl pattern and and some people can handle a little bit of sulfate and some people can't handle any sulfate and just the list continues it really does like it's crazy that is crazy so your hair is going to look fabulous by the end of this well i suspect if i spent if i spend the next decade which is what i did trying to figure out how to straighten my hair Working on my curly hair, but the time I'm 43, <laughs> <laughs> which means you'll probably that's only really half your life. Yeah. Like you'll still have another 43, yeah. probably at least years to yeah. live. Yeah, um, hopefully I'll have it worked <laughs> out. But isn't kind of that? I kind of love that mentality though, mm. because that is so different to the mentality that I have had for most of my 30 three years Mm. on the earth (laughs) because for most of my life I have always had the mentality that everything should be done now like I want Mm. that and I want it now and I want it to look I want to look I don't know for instance five kilos lighter Mm. and it needs to happen immediately immediately or I want I don't know whatever it is a particular look or to redo my entire wardrobe because I want to look like that Pinterest person or something and it needs to happen immediately and Mm. I need to go out and do it all and when you fall down that kind of rabbit hole, you realize that actually real skill and knowledge and all of this stuff, like getting good at something really does take a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I mean, you can practice maybe, I mean, maybe a year or more, but really the masters of things Mm. have worked on their style or worked on their hair or worked on their guitar or worked on their you know, like the a Greek nonna who told me she rises her her hot cross bun dough in the car. Oh my I goodness! Tell you that, yeah. Oh, is this from what you the were trying? Shop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, she rises her bread in the car because it's exactly the right temperature because it's parked in the sun. So oh you know, goodness. stuff like that. If you're baking bread for years, you become really kind of good, and then there's some kind of deep satisfaction. Mm. that I think sometimes in our world now where everything is instantaneous, iPhone, order it, arrives in three hours from Mm. the iconic or whatever, in that kind of environment we miss out. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, yeah, the representations of things is, it it, it appears as though things are instantaneous Mm. because we can capture every moment of our lives on camera if we choose to. Because the one thing I find interesting is like when people do those before and after shots, mm. and um, in any in any sense, like body transformations, or as I have been looking at curly hair transformations. <laughs> oh God, I'm just turning into such a strange human being. I know, but um, if you weren't to sort of know the time difference, you would think, oh, that was before they washed it and they washed it and it looks great but then in in real time it's like 12 months 18 months two years three Mm. years it takes them that long to get their hair to be healthy again so i i think sometimes when we have all this we have we have so much access so that's the i mean the good thing about the internet is access Mm. but then the bad thing about the internet is ironically also access yeah you start to form unrealistic ideas about like how you can actually achieve something in the same time frame yeah. and, and what how perfect your life should be yeah and then the amount of energy that is required to actually make it look like that in every aspect of your life is, is just unachievable absolutely like you can work on having really great curly hair but there's other things that you may not get to yet because that's your 
thing that you're working on now. Yeah. You know, and you can't do everything at once. No, mm. no. And I think that's the thing is when we... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Realize that life is, um, what do they say? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah. Um, it takes time for anything worthwhile and then there are going to be moments in your life where certain things take priority over others and so that learning will be slowed. Mm, like 100%. So, um, But you've got to keep kind of working. Yeah, just keep working at it. Make four batches of cupcakes and yeah. develop a lawn care plan and please show it to me because I'm just – I'm very curious. I want to know what it looks like. I'm I'll show you my air raider. Yeah. <laughs> it was like $50. It was really expensive. Is this like – big long thing Mm -hmm. that you stand on with like spikes on the end like a rake but sort of with handles okay yesterday I spent like a good hour just walking all over my lawn (laughs) stomping on this aerated thing and James walked out I was like what are you doing I'm like I'm aerating the lawn it's for the root system he's like she's lost her let's all go this is ridiculous oh man but oh gosh but anyway I I do think that there's and some people who are very good at making stuff know this already I'm sure that some people hear this kind of talk about you know anything worthwhile takes time Mm. and roll their eyes like of course guys this is not new information yeah but to really learn it for me anyway and I I suspect we're not alone Mm. that's a big step absolutely it's a big step and, and, it, and it kind of goes into also being kind to yourself as well. Yeah. And understanding that, that, you know, you you might be comparing what you've created to something that someone else has spent 10 years perfecting. Exactly. And you, but, but time, as you get older, time seems to go a bit faster. Yeah. So I know. So when you're younger, three years to work on something, to be good at it, you seem to seems to be like, oh God, that's way too long. Yeah. Why would I even bother starting? Yeah. yeah. But now to me, three years, I'm like, pfft. Where did that go? Exactly. Absolutely. But you've got to kind of start it right now. Anyway, enough of that talk. Let's go. (laughs) Let's get on to what we were talking about before about finding a creative buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I have a theory and I'm sure many other people do too, but effectively I think to be able to, when you find a thing that you enjoy doing and this is not just, or this is not just applicable to your creative pursuit, maybe even just in your career or other relationships, it's good to find a person that has skills that are complementary to yours mm. because, yeah, I think you can always you can always achieve so much more when you rely on people around you who can give you stuff that you don't already have kind of thing. Sorry, it doesn't sound that profound, but... Maybe it was in my mind, but... Um, no, no, it is. Yeah. I, I, I think it's impo- and a really important thing to point out. Yeah. Because that 
in a partner, like I know that with you, I think that that's why we've continued this podcast yeah. for so many episodes. And we're, we're coming up to 50 soon, oh by the way. So goodness. we should do something fun for we that. We should. But it's amazing because I remember starting this show and thinking there is no way that I will keep going with this because I've <laughs> never committed to creating anything consistently my entire life. Like legitimately. I mean, if, if I have to do it for work or something, mm. different story. And, you know, I've finished degrees and stuff. But if mm. it's a create entirely creative pursuit, yeah. nah, can't yeah. commit to anything. Not even cupcakes. <laughs> and so, or lawn. And so <laughs> the fact that I have all these grandiose ideas, mm. but you're the one that's consistently like, well, we've started it now, Claire. Come on. Are we potting this week? Like even before we started Just Make the Thing, we started recording episodes of the, sh- of the show as a more general show. Yeah. Like six months before I even released the first episode of Just Make the Thing. Yeah. And the only reason why we sort of stuck with it, or I stuck with it, is because you kept pushing me to I do it. I did a lot. You yeah. really, really did. Yeah. And I want to thank you so much oh, for that. No problem. Was that really annoying for you? No, not particularly. Okay. Because, interestingly, like my creativity is, I think, probably a bit different to yours. Well, I mean, it's structured. Like, I think that's <laughs> who I am. I'm a structured person. And I was just really excited to be part of something that I couldn't even understand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're like, what's a podcast? Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Like, in what universe would I ever thought that I would be on a podcast? Like, I just w- <laughs> I would never have that. I, and I would never have. So it was kind of like opened my eyes and expanded my horizons to this entire, entirely different form of media, way of doing things. Like, it's just... It's just, it's never something I could ever contemplate. I just don't think mm. my brain is kind of like, has, you know, partic- a particular focus and that's just the focus it has. And it's very hard for me to kind of explore creative things sometimes. So it's good to have someone around that's actually like, no, we can do that. We can we can start our own island if we want to. <laughs> we, can, we can interview Oprah. Let's just, let's just call her, whatever. She might say yes. <laughs> I will interview Oprah. I am saying that I'm putting it out into the Good. universe before I am dead. And yes. Oprah is dead. Yeah. I mean, she's quite old, actually. I am going to interview her now. Yeah. I Good. will. We will. We'll do it together. Okay. We genuinely will. Are you listening to this, Oprah? Or we will. Please. This is the whole us. reason for this podcast. For me to eventually get you to interview Oprah with me. That's, see, that's so exciting to me because mm. I... It's sort of funny because in that way that the uh, I think our creative relationship works, mm. you are very structured and kind of really great at sort of saying, well, I've stuck with this thing now. I want to keep doing mm. it. And I am sort of an ideas person mm. and I've always been like that, yeah. like 10 steps ahead of myself mm. and what I can actually achieve. But what it means is if I have people like you um, or and James is kind of a bit like this. Mm. I mean, he has his own creative stuff he's different again but he's very good at kind of pulling me in and going okay but what is it we're actually going to do yeah and how are we going to make this thing that you want to make actually real and here yeah concrete and I think that's what I've loved so much about this that every time I think oh it's too hard I'm giving up I get a text message from you (laughs) being like hey potting this week and I'm like well I guess we better You know, yeah. and I still roll yeah. my eyes at it sometimes. I'm like, oh, we have to do it like exercise. Yeah. But then we do it and it, I'm, and it's just, it's actually one of the 
like most valuable things I've done. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with. I think I've learned so much from just showing up. Like seriously, yes. just even just showing up and being present because you also you read things and you see things and you meet people that I have never heard of or would never sort of turn my mind to. So it just gives me another avenue and another opportunity to think differently. Mm. And that's really good for someone like me. And I mean, that means my legal training. It's also my personality that I like process and, and I like structure and I like, you know, a middle, like a beginning, a middle and an end. Like I remember I had a um, manager tell me that once and I was quite offended. She's like, she's like, you really like, things to have a process and an end date. And I was like, yeah, doesn't everyone? (laughs) Like, what a weird thing to say. And I think what she was getting at was when you work in in some policy roles, sometimes the work is even just having the discussion about the issue and whether you have an answer is not really relevant at that point in time. It's about opening your mind up and thinking about it in the first place. So that is the thing that I think, I am very grateful for is being able to learn to be a bit more creative and be okay with the fact that not everything has to have a structure and like a completion date and, you know, like a whole bunch of contingency plans in case everything goes wrong. Like sometimes things will just fail spectacularly and that's fine. Move on to the next thing and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, I wonder also – because I like the idea of having a sense of achievement, like when I've completed something, if I can't complete something, I kind of feel like I've failed at, at it. it. And it really bothers me. I get really annoyed. Whereas you've said a thousand times, you're happy to start stuff and just like it never go anywhere. And I'm like, I don't understand that. It just, how? How does she do that? But it's good. It's a good thing. It can be a good thing. It's spectacularly (laughs) annoying as well. Like it's spectacularly annoying. And I have a pattern I've I've realized over my life of annoying people. Because I have, I know myself, I am really good at getting people on board with something. Like I am so good at it (laughs) to the detriment of those around me sometimes, because I love getting everyone on board with things. But what they don't know is that in two weeks I could be completely off board again (laughs) and everyone else is left like, we're so excited, Claire. And I'm like, oh, nah, nah, it's not happening. It's not happening. A festival? Nah. (laughs) I remember doing that with a choir I started in my street. I started a choir with like 12 kids. And for two weeks, I was like, this is the best choir. And we were singing in harmony. And then two weeks later, I was like, nah, guys. Can't be bothered. I'm disbanding the choir. I'm disbanding the choir. Sorry. Can't be bothered. You know? And so I'm forever annoying people like you who love processing. But then I guess it goes into, doesn't it? You need to, I guess... Now, now I, I think it goes into understanding myself and self-esteem mm. and all that stuff. Yeah. I realized that that's a trait of mine and I'm not going to be able to change the fact that I get a thousand ideas. Yeah. And it's a, it's good in that I then push people to make things they might not yeah. otherwise make or be part of stuff yeah. they might not otherwise be a part of. And even just the process of showing up like that book club that I ran for a year and then just never ran it again. <laughs> we, I did it for a year though. Yeah. And I got to know some cool people and I'd love to do that book club again. I just don't have time in my life at the moment, but it wasn't wasted. No. And nothing I think is wasted in starting stuff and failing or, or changing direction or, yeah. but 
But you're right. It's I've learned a lot from you about process and structure and committing and showing up. Yeah. Because I am spectacularly bad at showing up. <laughs> so, like, honestly, mm. and because we've started this other podcast, The Millennial Divide, mm-hmm. and what I've learned about that is I had this idea for a while to approach these three girls as sisters and they're mm-hmm. so lovely and awesome. One of them's a really good friend of mine and she's got an older and younger sister and mm-hmm. they're so funny and clever. And I thought about it for ages and I messaged her as I do out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And often I message people out of the blue ideas and nothing ever happens or they go, yeah, Claire, whatever. And then nothing eventuates. But she was on board. And because I'd done this podcast consistently every week and I'd learnt about editing and recording and showing up and being mm-hmm. consistent and what makes something good, what makes something tight, what doesn't, and sort of the pitfalls I could talk to them about before we even started a Kate's a commitment. It's like a basketball team. Yeah. You've got to turn up. If you, if, if you really want to do it, we're going to do it properly. This is how you do a logo. This is what we can do to grow it and make it interesting. And then because I don't have to voice it, I'm sitting back and listening to it. I've learned so much from having this podcast. Yeah, it's and amazing. I, yeah, and then being able to start that other podcast and just having someone else edit it because Laurel Collings, even who edits this show, was not a podcast editor. Mm. He just learned by doing editing our show and now he's applied his skills to their show. Awesome. So yeah. all this stuff has come from committing to this thing. Mm. So thank you, mate. Oh, thank you. Like, I could probably cry actually. Oh. <laughs> no, but it's just been Yeah. It's been I, awesome. It's been so awesome. Mm. And I'm so proud of us. I know, me too. <laughs> We have like a legitimate thing. I know. It's a thing that's yeah. out there and it's been out there now for like a year, like over a year. Oh my goodness. Because we released the first episode in June last year, I reckon. Has it really been that long? Mm, it's been over a year. There you go. I reckon we should do something fun for our 50th episode. Can there be those? Skydiving. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm terrified of heights. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say party poppers. <laughs> <laughs> And there he is, our creative relationship <laughs> in a nutshell. I'm like, what's cheap and will have an audio impact and people will understand. You're like, skydiving. Okay. In my brain, went, we could take the mics into the plane. <laughs> that would be grand content. I'm terrified of a, of a light. Woo. We can organize skydiving in like three weeks. Sure. <laughs> Oh, God. So it is important, isn't it, (laughs) to find someone that you are creatively compatible with? Yes, definitely. Mm. If you want to keep on making it, then then making the – like starting the thing and keep on making it, finding a creativity buddy is just a brilliant – Yeah. A brilliant plan. You've got someone to hold you accountable effectively. Yeah, it's so true. So I guess it's kind of about reflecting on the skills that you have. Yep. And like we've always said, this creative stuff is all about knowing yourself, isn't Mm. it? It always comes back to that. Yeah. Knowing yourself, knowing what your strengths are and what you're not so good at. Yeah. And then thinking about in your life, either maybe a friend Mm. or a loved one, like a partner or even a mentor, maybe. Yeah. That's sort of, it's a little bit of a different relationship, but it doesn't have to mean that that person makes the thing with you all the time. No, no. It's, I think it's just someone who you can, as you say, like someone who you can learn from. Mm. And whether that's consistently over, you know, an extended period of time or someone you can go to from time to time if you're feeling stuck in a rut or, you know, it's good. To have one person or two or three or, you know, that you get what you need from the people around you. It, it 
you, like lean on your community or your mm. support system. Yeah. I think, yeah. So true in whatever place that comes. Yeah. Mm. And and if you're stuck and you really can't, lean on Liz, Elizabeth Gilbert's yeah. book, Big Magic. Yes, exactly. Sometimes you have to find people that aren't within your – like if you really are stuck, sometimes books and oh, writers yeah. are some of the best supports too. Elizabeth, I would recommend Elizabeth Gilbert. I would recommend Glennon Doyle mm-hmm. following her. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown, really cool. Oprah, but I always call it Oprah. Um, even like Trevor Noah. Yeah. Or like John Oliver, like yeah. watching people who make really funny, clever stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've got so much content now online and everywhere. It's really accessible, isn't it's it? It's really accessible. Mm. But, but yeah. In an ideal world, everyone would have a Chanel. <laughs> and a Claire. Yeah. Well, it might send you insane, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, because that's the thing, right? Mm. It, it does it does propel you along and I think it's mm. really important. So, yeah, I've really, uh, I think I can't recommend more highly that Ira Glass quote about how that it takes a really long time to learn how to make something good. And that your taste might be excellent and you know what you like, you know what's good, but your ability to create something that you think is as good as what you know to be good is going to take a really long time. Mm. And he says that he took the longest time that he, of anyone he's ever met to work that out. And so, you know, his podcast, This American Life, is essentially one of the most famous and most popular mm. podcasts. But he must have had so many iterations of that before he got to that point. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's like making the cupcakes again. Yep. It's it's the lawn. It's the curly hair. Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's mm. it's finding someone to help you along the way with all of that and then knowing that it's not going to happen overnight, overnight but yeah. being consistent and showing up. Yeah. Is yep. what's more important necessarily than even if it's good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with everything. With all. Yes. Okay. Oh. And now we're all, we're so dusty. We probably all need to go to bed. You've <laughs> got to get home to an octopus actually. <laughs> we don't just, just to clarify, <laughs> there's still like a live octopus in my house. It sounds like a weird sex move or something. <laughs> it's not that either. <laughs> a weird octopus. No, your husband went to the market this morning, hung over yeah. and bought a whole octopus. Yeah. Like a <laughs> whole like, purple octopus. He's like, what do you want for dinner? And I said, seafood. So he came home with an octopus. I was like, okay, this is happening. He is actually, and I'm very much like the, the yin to his yang sometimes because he will have these grandiose ideas <laughs> like let's have octopus for dinner and sometimes I'm too tired to fight them so I'm like okay <laughs> this is happening I knew that's why I get along with Goran yeah. so well because we both we do like like when we can't hang out mm. um, we do end up especially if we've had a few wines or something <laughs> we do end up talking about like the state of the universe and philosophies on life and then like all our ideas for things and <laughs> It's great though, because yeah. you do. That's exactly right. You need mm. a yin to your yang. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. So, so yeah. thanks for being my. You'd be my yang, I think. Cool. Yeah. I'll be the you. you uh, so I mean, you're my yin. Y- yes. yes. Or what is that? What does yin and yang even mean? So yang is like the more excitable, life energized part. I see. And the yin is like 
the sleepy, more pensive, more reflective, reflective part. Yes. Cool. Okay. Mm. You can be both though. Yeah, you I can. can. And yeah. I think you can, and I think you can be too. And I think for all, like all people have aspects of different, those are like, you can have different parts of your personality yeah. and you can feel different ways about things as well. It's not, it's certainly not um, like a black and white. That's probably the wrong terminology to use given we're talking about yin and yang and all I can think about is that weird there's circle <laughs> yeah but I know like not like mm. we were talking about last time mm. there's a lot of gray in yeah. everything yeah but the yin and yang so I yeah I, I could see I'm probably leaning more towards a yang mm. than and you're probably more towards the yin yeah that's cool so yeah, yeah go out and find your yin Yay. to your yang Yay. and and be consistent and show up yeah Glennon Doyle says that too you just show up that's mm. all you have to do don't even make anything good except actually make something really real bad, like real terrible. <laughs> Not like for the world, but just like make something that isn't great mm. and that's okay. Yeah. But just show up anyway and then keep making it and eventually you might make something good. Yeah. Or you've just got to know someone and, and made a cool podcast. Yeah, exactly. For 50 <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'll fill you in about my lawn. Oh, yes, one day. please. Yes. I will. I might put some photos on the ground. <laughs> if anyone has any lawn tips, <laughs> email in. I'm all ears. Do a before and after shot too. I will. Thanks to Margaret from Bunnings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, signing off. Right, bye. Bye. <laughs> The lightning spark of thought generated in the solitary mind awakens its likeness in another mind. Thomas Carlyle, Scottish philosopher and satirist. In this article from the Medium website, there are a couple of tips that I think really help when you're working with a creative person. A couple of things you can do. Number one is brainstorm on your own first and then come together. Maybe switch roles so the other person can be the critic and you can be the creator just to see what might happen. Plan for friction because when you're creating something, there will always be disagreements and arguments. So don't worry when it happens. Challenge one another. Collative collaboration is best when you challenge each other, when you look at something critically and accept the criticism, whether or not you agree with it and look to make something better. And lastly, have fun, enjoy, create and chat and just build that friendship. Chanel and I over the last almost 50 episodes and now with Raw Collings as well have so loved creating this show and I think that the reason we've loved it so much is because we've got to know each other more and we see each other regularly. We have a reason to really deep dive into topics that we're interested in and we both bring different skills to the table. So I highly recommend finding yourself a partner in crime. You've been listening to this podcast by me, Claire Tonti and Chanel Luchev. You can find me on Instagram at Claire Tonti or on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies. And you can find more from Chanel Luchev at Bend Yoga Melbourne on Instagram. If you'd like more podcasts, just like this one from lots of different people in Australia, Australia bred and owned this planet broadcasting network is you can go to planetbroadcasting.com uh there is still time to donate to our care australia campaign the link is in the show notes and we'd love you to for some bonus content in your ears from lots of your favorites in the network and lastly check out the millennial divide 
It's a brand new show hosted by three sisters that we've popped on this network and it's excellent. It's produced by me, edited by Raw Collings, and it's just all of the fun, creative, interesting, high and lowbrow topics for the week. So I'd recommend heading over there and subscribe to them as well as this show and chuck us a rate and a review in iTunes. If you could be a doll, that would be excellent. Okay, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 